Hello, and welcome to another episode of Now About That with James and Sarah. I'm James. I'm Sarah. And on this week's episode, we'll be reviewing and discussing a cult classic horror movie that many people have either heard of or they've watched, uh, Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. Now, Sarah, you hadn't watched it. Did you finish it yet? I didn't finish it. How dare you? I fell asleep. It's not that boring. Jesus. No, no, no. No, it wasn't the movie. I'm just, I was really tired today. Yeah. Um, I was telling Ryan at lunch that we were going to be talking about it. And he's like, she hasn't even seen it. I was like, she's supposed to watch it. And I, he was like, you don't even like it. I'm like, it's, I don't, it's not that I don't, I don't like the movie. And I told him, I was like, it's not one of my favorite movies. And it's not something that I always like, it's not something that I would ever, ever venture to watch every year. Right. It's a good movie. It's an okay movie. I just, it's not one of my favorites. There you go. That's fair. And I like, I think there's aspects of it that I like, like the camera work, the interesting story, um, the lighting design. All of it's really good. Um, And then for those of you that are listening that don't know, um, The Shining is a 1980s psychological horror film produced and directed by Stanley Kubrick and co-written by novelist Diane Johnson. It was based on the 1977 Stephen King's novel by the same name. And it has Jack Nicholson, Shelley Duvall, Scatman Crothers, and Danny Lloyd are the actors, which I didn't even realize that, well, Jack, I guess Danny, I don't think that's the boy that played, I don't think that's the name of the actor that played the boy. His name's Danny in the movie. So... Um, I have a few fun facts that I wanted to talk about, but is there anything that you wanted to talk about before we dive into the fun facts? Interesting no. facts. No. No. How much of it did you watch? Not enough. Like the <laughs> the music part at the beginning? Yes. <laughs> did they get to the no. hotel? You didn't watch any of it then, Sarah. <laughs> this is gonna be useless. This is a wasted wasted recording it's not a wasted recording it's not a here here's the reason why it's not a wasted recording it means you get to give me shit throughout the episode and we know everybody loves that my god (laughs) i don't i uh, i'll say this i don't see you liking this movie that's fair like i don't think you'll like it there's a lot in it that um i don't like like it's it's very heavy into like domestic violence and Mm -hmm. um there's a lot of like alcoholic drinking in it. There's one of the things that I wrote down is um, that I don't understand. There's a couple things that I don't understand. Um, I'll start with my favorite parts of the movie. The set design and the overall aesthetic of the movie are very different from most horror films. Um, and it's always well lit and has many high contrasting vibrant colors where most horror films are like dark. Yeah. They're usually like very darkly lit, they're black. There's very low or very dark colors. There's not usually any bright, vibrant colors. Mm. Where in this one, there's pinks, there's purples, there's greens. There's like all these really bright, vibrant colors. So I think that's interesting. Um, And then the costume design. I think it's amazing. And it seems parts of it are like timeless, whereas parts of it, you can tell 70s was there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, And then the parts of the movie that I didn't like. So acting, acting's not the best in this movie. But I mean, it was... So it was shot in the 70s, so I kind of understand it a little bit that the acting isn't always there. Right. But it was not, it's not very good. And then there's um, some parts of the story, which if you do watch it, there there are parts in it that are in there that I don't understand why they're in there and they don't really make sense. Yeah. So I read part of the book. Yeah. um, Which of course is not shocking to anybody. (laughs) Um, and I just, I, I feel this way about every Stephen King book that I have attempted to read is that there's a lot of unnecessary details in there. Like things I don't need to know. I don't need to know, um, about Wendy and Jack's sex life, for example. Like when you're reading it, for some reason he goes into like great lengths to describe Stanley's penis. Like as an adult before he you know offs himself i'm just like i don't i don't need to know about any of this none of this is relevant to the character building or to (laughs) anything further down the line yeah that's and that's one of the things that i wrote um 
in this. It's also like books and movies of that time frame. I don't understand why there's so much nudity when it doesn't add anything to the overall movie or book. I kind of like what you're saying. I don't understand. I've never really, I haven't re read very many Stephen King books. Um, I haven't read very many books. I'm not a reader. It's shocking to no one. Um, but I mean, it just in movies, I don't understand, especially of like the 70s, 80s. I don't understand why there's nudity in there when it's not needed. And I also don't understand how people that were around in that time frame can see the movies that are out today and say that they are bad influence or they shouldn't be shown to people or children. And it's like, what were your children watching? Did you watch right. The Shining when you were little? How can you say that when you've watched The Shining? It's, it just doesn't make sense to me for there to be nudity when it's not really needed. It's just sex sells at that point. Yeah. Um, so some of the fun facts or interesting facts about The Shining. This is from Good Housekeeping. So the there's a fact about Stephen King writing a draft of the screenplay, but Stanley Kubrick uh, never read it. <laughs> and he just collaborated with Diane Johnson on the film script. Wow. Um, and then Jack Nicholson felt a personal connection to the scene in the movie where his character erupts in a fury with his wife while in the midst of writer's block. And he said that it was kind of like when he was going through his divorce with his wife. Which one? <laughs> uh, well, I would say the one that was around that time. I don't really know. It doesn't say. No, it's just funny. Um, making fun of Jack Nicholson. And then, as discussed in the movie Room 237, Kubrick's film inspired several conspiracy theories, including the that Kubrick made a The Shining as his confession for helping fake the moon landing. <laughs> Okay, all right. I don't really know how that fits in. Um, there's a link though. I can click on it and see what there's it takes me to. There's a lot of, there's a surprising number of people out there who believe the moon landing was fake. Yeah, I don't understand that either. It's like, I, don't I mean, I kind it. of understand it. It's funny to think about, but. In much the same way that I don't understand flat earthers, I don't understand that the moon landing was fake. But I mean, whatever. Whatever floats your boat. Yeah. Um, and then another one, um, at first the director Stanley Kubrick was concerned that the hedge maze was too easy to solve. Challenged by the crew, he tried to solve it on set one morning and was unable to get, get out. <laughs> That's funny. That's interesting. I didn't know that. That's funny. Um, I sh Ryan should actually be on this because he loves this movie and he knows so much about it. Um, but he's working, sadly. <clears throat> well, huh? not sadly, because he needs to work, but... <laughs> <laughs> Need the money, ho. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and then according to IMDb, the scene where Jack chases his son Danny through the hedges took a month to shoot, partially because crew members kept getting lost and had to loot, had to use their walkie-talkies for help. Oof. That's funny. There's a lot about um, any film that Stanley Kubrick makes where he makes them shoot and reshoot so many scenes over and over. Um, it's... And it, it talks about it further down in this article as well. Um, King's novel has hedge animals outside the Overlook Hotel, um, and they came to life toward the end of the film. And then Kubrick didn't think this was feasible to recreate, which is how the film ended up with its epic hedge maze instead. I think they meant to say towards the end of the book. Yeah. So in the novel, instead of a maze, it has hedge animals and they come alive. That's fun. I like that aspect of it better but there's a lot that changed between the book and the movie um that's usually how it goes yeah i have another tab open from uh cinema blend that talks about the 10 differences 10 of the differences between the movie and the book which we'll talk about later as well um and then one of the film's most iconic lines wasn't even in the script jack nicholson ad-libbed the famous ed mccann line from the tonight show where while filming the scene in which his character Jack takes an axe to the bathroom door and screams the line, here's Johnny. Did you know that that was ad-libbed? Do you even I know about that know. line? I know about the line. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty iconic. Like I think most people, even if they haven't seen the movie or know about it. Um, yeah. There's a few things that I know about it specifically. So like I know about red rum and I know about um, like the the twin girls and the pattern of the carpet and whatnot. Yeah, which 
that's one of the things we'll talk about. The twin girls weren't even in the book either. Weird. Uh, fans of the novel may remember that some terrifying events are set in room 217. However, at the request of the Timberline Lodge in Oregon, the exterior setting of the Overlook Hotel in the film, the room was changed to 237 in the film. This was allegedly done out of fear that the future lodge guests would avoid room 217 if it was featured in the horror movie, since 237 doesn't exist in Timberline. There's no risk. Uh, I think I've, I've heard that about other films too. Uh, if they've, they're set in a specific place and they use that place, they ask them to like not they say that it's like on the 10th floor and there's no 10th floor on the in the actual building yeah um oh it was his name was danny torrance the boy that played danny torrance the son his name is danny lloyd it's weird how they do that sometimes in older movies the actor's name is the name of the guys the people that play them yeah uh the five-year-old boy Danny Lloyd, who played the film's child star Danny Torrance, did not know at the time that he was filming a horror movie. For his protection, he was told they were making a drama. Lloyd didn't learn the truth until later, and he didn't see the film in its entirety until he was well into his teens. Hmm. That's cool. I didn't know that. That's funny. That makes Um, sense, though, that they're not going to, like, tell the five-year-old we're making a spooky movie. Yeah. (laughs) Then his um, responses to it may not be super authentic like they want to be. Yeah. Uh, Despite not knowing he was creating horror, Lloyd actually improvised one of the creepiest aspects of the film, the idea to change his voice and flex his finger to animate his imaginary friend Tony. And Kubrick loved the idea so much it became central to the movie. Hmm. Hmm. It's pretty good for a five-year-old. That's crazy. Yeah, no kidding. Um, Stanley Kubrick was a fan of David Lynch the David Lynch film Eraserhead and used it as one of his main character influences in The Shining. Sorry, creative influences in The Shining. That makes sense. Have you ever seen Eraserhead? I've seen enough of it. I've, I've never seen it. What's the matter? My, we have a fan in the living room that stays on all the time and our apartments have ceiling fans that are remote controlled and for some reason i think it's our neighbor's fan or the people above us they sometimes control their ceiling fan and it changes the setting on our fan in the living room to where it like it does this thing where it speeds up and then slows down and speeds up and slows down i don't understand why it's a setting on the freaking thing i don't know who would set it that but it it just did it. Okay. So like right now it's blowing and then it slows down and then it blows and this it's stupid. That sounds spooky. <laughs> Ryan always says it's the ghost. Uh, the nope. Yep. The famous scene in the movie where Chevy Shelley Duvall's character finds the pages of writing that Jack has been endlessly working on was brought to life courtesy of Kubrick's secretary who had to spend months typing. All work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. Over and over for 500 pages. Jesus. (laughs) She then recreated them in five other languages for international releases. (laughs) That woman did not get paid enough. Probably not. (laughs) Duvall would later share that Kubrick was extremely hard on her during filming and that it had an impact on her health. Uh, As she's quoted in David Hughes' biography of Kubrick, I was really in and out of ill health because of the stress in the role was so great, uh, she said. And Stanley pushed me and prodded me prodded me further than I have ever been pushed before. It was the most difficult role I've ever had to play. Craziness. Ryan did want me to say that she also later in life said that he took her from just being an it girl that was just in movies to being seen as a serious actor. So she she later said that she was appreciative of how she, how he changed her acting career. I'm not shocked that he specifically wanted you to mention that because that was a conversation <laughs> he and I had about how Stanley Kubrick pushed her so hard she had a complete mental breakdown. I mean, does, he's known to do that though in his movies. That doesn't really surprise me that that happened. Well, I guess back then he probably wasn't known to do that, although he may have been. Um, in order to assume the seething, incensed demeanor of his character, Jack Torrance, Jack Nicholson prepared himself for the role by only eating cheese sandwiches, a food he hates, for two weeks leading up to the filming. That's some <laughs> hey, dedication, man. Who hates cheese sandwiches? Also, I mean, what, 
That as well, but... What kind of cheese sandwiches? American cheese. If it's just, like, American cheese on white bread, I could kind of understand that. Because, yeah. I mean, that's kind of boring. Not not grilled. Just, <laughs> yeah. like, old cheese sandwich. Cold cheese and cold bread. <laughs> um, any fan of the movie will recall the famous scene of the elevator doors opening and a sea of blood pouring out. But you may not know it took over a year to film. Uh, while they eventually got it to three shot, um, unlike several of the other scenes that required many, many more takes before Kubrick was satisfied, each take of the elevator shot required nine days to clean up and fill the elevator to clean up the hallway and fill the elevator elevator with blood again and was not completed for a year. Good lord. Which I think is impressive and amazing because that is literally one of my favorite scenes in the movie. It's just so cool how it like slow motion starts filling and spilling out of the elevator. And then speaking of repeat takes, the scene in which Jack Torrance slams an axe through a door and declares his famous line was filmed over the course of three days and involves the destruction of 60 doors before they got it all right. 60 doors. Jesus. The winding patterned interior of the Overlook was based on thousands of reference photos that Stanley Kubrick and his team gathered by photo photographing, photograph photographing, yeah. <laughs> various American hotel exteriors shot, um, and the, oh, sorry, various hotels, American hotels. And then the exterior shots were taken at the Timberline Lodge in Oregon, which we talked about earlier. Right. I think what's interesting though, is that the carpet pattern is in, is referenced in Toy Story in Sid's house. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of references in Toy Story. Yeah. Um, and then at the film's end, there's a chase through the snowy hedge maze. It makes for incredible cinema paired with the terrifying lighting, music, and movement of the scene. But as re real as it appeared, and as cold as it feels to watch it, the snowy, the snow was actually created from 900 tons of salt and crushed styrofoam. Ugh, that must have stank. <laughs> salt and styrofoam? Yes. Oh, okay, you're gonna have to vamp for a second. This fan is driving me crazy. <laughs> I gotta vamp for a Speak second. Speak to the people. Speaking to the people. Okay, so here's my thought on this, is that a lot, and this is probably an unpopular opinion, but I think that a lot of Stephen King's work is kind of overrated in that. Whoa, what I'm... did I just come back to? <laughs> okay, but hear me out, hear me out. I, I started off by saying it was probably an unpopular opinion <laughs> in that I feel like a lot of Stephen King's work is overrated in the, in going back to what I was saying about like, especially his books, like they're, almost like they're so unwieldy because of all the unnecessary information like that I feel like it's a pain in the ass trying to read it and sometimes also you'll get stuff that like makes absolutely no sense to the rest of the story which like I mean I guess makes sense in the context that back in the day he was struggling with addiction so like a lot of his writing was fueled by drugs and alcohol but like I don't know so the movies I feel like are often better than the books, which is usually my opposite opinion. Is yeah. usually I'm like the book was way better and the movie was trash and blah 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 blah. But I think for the books he can be as creative as he wants, and then for like the movies or things to get it adapted into movies, it's like what is going to be entertaining for a wider audience than the people that are like huge fans of. Stephen King's books. Right. I just have, I have two more facts to go through. A huge fire broke out toward the end of shooting, destroying several set pieces that had to be rebuilt. Ironically, the book ends with, spoiler alert, the hotel burning down, which may explain the iconic photo of Kubrick laughing at the charred set. So technically, in in the sets, it ended the way the book, the book ended, which mm. I knew that was a thing too. The book ended with the hotel exploding catching on fire and exploding and then 
the movie ended with the chase scene. Mm. And then the last one, um, according to a 1983 interview Stephen King did with Playboy, uh, while he had great expectations for the movie and was an admirer of Kubrick, uh, he was deeply disappointed in the outcome and felt that several parts fell flat, mm. which I could understand. I don't know if you can hear him, but Boris is in the background snoring. I cannot, but I might whenever I see the or listen to the recording and edit later. I'll probably hear it because there's a lot of times when I don't hear something that like you do, like you might hit your computer or drop something. I don't mm-hmm. hear it when we're do when we're talking, but when I listen to the recording later and edit, I do hear it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> uh, did you know that not only is it a book and a film, which the book was released in 1977 and the film was released in 1980, so three years after the book was released, it was the movie was released. So they must have like purchased it from Stephen King to make right away. Yeah. Crazy. Because it usually takes, like even now, it takes forever to get a book to transfer into a movie. That's Mm -hmm. crazy. Uh, But it was also a miniseries in 1997 that Stephen King did. And then in 2016, there was an opera. I did not know that there was an opera. I didn't either. That's Uh, kind of funny though. There's a um, theshining.fandom.com has a shining wiki and on it it has a link to the opera from 2016 i'm always amused by movies or by books that that get chosen to be musicals yeah like turning the shining into an opera just okay all right um so the shining is an american opera in two acts and an epilogue with music by a composer paul Marivic and a libretto by Mark Campbell based on the 1977 novel The Shining by Stephen King. The opera received its world premiere on May 7th, 2016 in the Ordway Music Theater in St. Paul, Minnesota. Hmm. Okay. And it was part of the New World or sorry, New Works initiative of the Minnesota Opera. Okay. It's still running. I just who looks at who okay, who looked at that? Book. Who read that book and was like, you know what this needs? Musical numbers. <laughs> Who did that? It's so strange when, yeah, you're right, when things get changed into a, a musical. Like, one musical I've, I'll never understand, and I want to see it, but I'll, I'll never understand why it's a musical, is Legally Blonde. Oh. Like, uh, why yeah, why yeah. is that a musical? Yeah. I could understand maybe making it like a play, mm-hmm. and then it's kind of a stretch, but I would have to see it to, to know. And then I think Mean Girls, is in, they made it into a musical too. It's crazy. Like, why though? It's kind <laughs> of like in um in south korea one of my one of my favorite um singers did a musical version of dracula and i'm just like who needs a musical version of dracula not that i'm not gonna see it not that i don't want to see it but like who who looked at dracula and was like you know what this needs musical numbers dancing yeah although that would be hilarious it's kind of like um, what is it? Things We Do in the Dark? Is that what that, mo- that show's called? Oh, What We Do in the Shadows. What We Do in the Shadows, yeah. I was close. Yeah, you were close. <laughs> um, so before, there's this, I want to, I'll move, we'll move on. The last part of the thing, we'll do kind of just basic generic, or not generic horror movies, but basic horror movie knowledge. Um, because I have one called The Most Popular Scary Movies Based, or In the Year You Were Born. And then we'll wrap it up with uh, 30 horror movie trivia questions later. Um, but before we do that, I'm going to go through and talk about the 10 differences between the movie and the book. Um, and the first one that they highlight in this article by Cinema Blend is the very nature of the haunted uh, hotel are very different. So in the book, it's clear in uh, that the Overlook Hotel is haunted. There are ghosts, things that are going bump in the night, and even the topiaries in the garden come alive in the book. Uh, where in the movie, the nature of Jack's descent into madness is much more ambiguous and seems to place or to take place all in his mind. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and then the other one is the writing project. In the movie, uh, there's um, it's known kind of what he's trying to write about. And he, that he's a playwright who abandons his original play and begins writing a story based on the history of the spooky hotel. Uh, where in the movie, it's never really defined what he's a writer of. Mm-hmm. 
which um, I just leave everything kind of open to interpretation. Yeah. And then like this, it, the next one is in the book, um, the motivation for his writing isn't really defined in the book, whereas we just talked about the, in the book or in the movie, it's not defined where in the book it is. The famous twins are not in the book, which we talked about already. The bleeding elevator was also not in the book. Um, and then the famous all work, no play makes Jack a dull boy was also not in the book. And we did already talk about the hedge maze not being in the book. Instead, it was the topiaries, um, mm-hmm. the animal topiaries. Um, the ad libbed, here's Johnny not being in the book. In the movie, chock full of iconic moments. None of none are more than are more so than the scene where Jack Nicholson breaks through the bathroom door with an axe and says, "Here's Johnny," like Ed McMahon in the old Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. <laughs> uh, the main characters' death are completely different, which we did just talk about. Instead of being frozen in the maze in the book, he is blown up in the Overlook Hotel. Mm. And then the last one on here says, Wendy is completely different in the novel. And it says, not only is Wendy completely different looking in the novel, her personality is also different. Um, In the book, Wendy is described as blonde, while Wendy, played by Shelley Duvall in the movie, is most definitely not blonde. She's also described as having a movie star quality beauty, and Shelley Duvall plays a less a the role as less of a golden girl. Uh, more importantly, in the book, The Shining, Wendy has a much stronger and more independent personality. She stands up to John in much firmer and stronger ways than Wendy in the movie ever does. In the movie, Wendy is meeker and much more under the influence of Jack's more violent tendencies. That's one of the things I wanted to, I, I thought about too. She's very, she tries to make excuses for John and his Jack, Jack and his, uh, his behavior in the movie. And I don't like that annoyed me the entire time. That's one of the reasons I'm not a huge, huge fan of the movie. And I was arguing with Ryan and I was like, just because I'm not a huge fan of the movie doesn't mean I don't like it. Right. Be you can you be can, critical of something yeah. and still enjoy you can, it. You can be apathetic towards something, but still sort of like it. Yeah. Like, apathy doesn't mean disdain. <laughs> True. Um, and then that's it okay. for that part. All right. Yeah. Um, I'm going to take a quick break, and then we'll come back and talk about um, scary movies that were the most popular scary movies the year you were born. Uh, it goes for 70 years, so we'll, we'll look at 70 of them, Sarah. Well, not no, just we say the not. movie. <laughs> just say the movie in the year, and then we'll move on. And if you want to talk about it a little bit, we'll talk about it. We're and not. Then, we're not doing seventy movies. We're not going to talk about seventy movies. We'll talk about seventy years. <sighs> it's not going to take that long. Take a minute, less than a minute per book movie. All right, we'll take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Bye. All right, welcome back. So this, now we're gonna talk a little bit about some scary movies that were popular the year people were born starting in the 1950s. So 1950, it was The Flying Saucer, never heard of it. 1951, it was The Thing from Another World, which was then remade into just The Thing in the 80s, I think. I think so. Uh, 1952 was Ghost Ship, which was also remade. 1953, House of Wax, which was also Also remade. remade. Terrible movie. Uh, 1954 was Creature from the Black Lagoon. 1955 was Tarantula, or as Katya likes to say, Tarantula. 1956 was Invasion of the Body Snatchers, which again was also, I believe, remade in the 90s, right? I think so. 90s. 1957, I Was a Teenage Werewolf. 1958, The Fly. So the theme is that Hollywood has always never been able to make their own items because these are all remakes so far. (laughs) 1959, House on Haunted Hill, also a remake. 1960, Psycho. Um, Also, did you, have you seen the new um, Halloween Ends? I have not. There's a film in it that is a recreation of the shower scene in Psycho. Nice. Uh, 1961, The Innocents. Uh, 1962, Carnival of Souls. 1963, one of my favorite Alfred Hitchcock movies. What do you think it is? 1963? Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. We lived in California where it was close to where it was set. Oh, The Birds? 
The Birds, yeah. Uh, 1964 was Hush Hush Sweet Charlotte, which is a good movie as well. I had, I had never seen it until Ryan showed it to me, but it's a fun movie. 1965, Repulsion. Repulsion. 1966, Dracula, Prince of Darkness with Christopher Lee. Oof. 1967, Wait Until Dark. Oh, that's such a good movie. I was literally talking about it last night. I've never heard of it. It's an Audrey Hepburn movie. Yeah. 1968, Rosemary's Baby. Also a pretty good movie. 1969, The Haunted House of Horror. 1970, House of Dark Shadows. That sounds fun. 1971, Let's Scare Jessica to Death. <laughs> okay. A mentally fragile woman on the brink of having another breakdown fears her country farmhouse might be haunted. Sarah, all you need is a country farmhouse, and this is about you. Wow. Okay. <laughs> the Last House on the Left is 1972. Very brutal movie. And they did just remake that not too long ago. 1973, The Exorcist. Have you ever seen The Exorcist? I have not. <sighs> Some people. <laughs> 1974, The Chainsaw Massacre. Have you seen The Chainsaw Massacre? The Texas Chainsaw Massacre? Yeah, yes. The word Texas is in there. I don't know why I didn't say it. <laughs> the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I have not. I've seen snippets. I watched it when I was little, and there's the scene at the end that I thought was from, like, actually real. And I think somebody said that it's actually video footage of when the police... Um, found i don't remember if it was jeffrey dahmer or what's the other guy with the mask oh um, ed, ed, ed gain, gain. Hmm? ed gain ed gain yeah i think it was actually footage of when they um apprehended ed gain uh, 1975 is jaws have you ever seen jaws i've seen jaws 1976 carrie i've seen carrie all of them have you seen all of tech carries i saw the original and the remake with you and sam there was a uh, made for TV movie. I haven't seen that one and I haven't seen Carrie 2. Carrie 2, you're not missing much. It's not very good. And then the made for TV movie, the only thing I like more about the made for TV movie, and I think I've said this on another podcast, is the way that the mom dies. Because mm. in the original, she is um, impaled and like stuck up with knives. Mm -hmm. in the made for tv movie you see her like she's trying to drown carrie and then it like flashes inside her heart and carrie like focuses on her heart and smashes her heart it's really cool nice um <laughs> 1977 exorcist 2 the heretic 1978 sarah what is 1978 what is 1978 i just talked about the new movie oh halloween Halloween, yeah. Uh, 1979 is The Alien. Well, no, it's just Alien. There's no The. 1980, it's Friday the 13th. It had 12 sequels. Jesus. It said 12 movies. Jeez. Uh, 1981, The Evil Dead, which I think I heard they were remaking into a television series. I've seen the remake of The Evil Dead. Yeah, yeah, I have too. Um, did you, have you seen the original? I haven't. I didn't like it that much. I didn't like the remake that much. I didn't though. like the remake that much either, no. Um, 1982 was Poltergeist. I hated the remake of Poltergeist. Did you go with me and see it? No. It sucked. I think I went with maybe Kristen. <laughs> 1983, Jaws 3D. Oh, God. God. A killer shark infiltrates a water park from the ocean, wreaking havoc on unsuspecting visitors. 1980, I didn't realize A Nightmare on Elm Street was this much later than Halloween and... Uh, Friday the 13th. It was 1984. Hmm. I have seen that Nightmare on Elm Street. I saw the remake with you and I saw the original. I was going to say, I think I made you go see the remake with me. You absolutely did. 1985 is Fright Night. 1986, we have the remake of The Fly. 1987 is A Nightmare on Elm Street, Dream Warriors. Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors. The year Sarah was born, 1988. Do you know what your scary movie is? I don't. It's a redhead. It's a redhead? It's a redhead in it. I don't. Ch Child's don't. Play. Um, Which I don't, I think they just came out with another TV series of Child's Play. Uh, yes, yes, they did. Vamp for a second, I'll be right back. Okay. There once was a man from Bandu who fell asleep in a canoe. He dreamt of Venus and played with his penis and woke up with a handful of goo. Ew. What movie is that from, Sarah? The Sweetest Thing. I love that movie. Um, and then 1989 is Pet Cemetery. Mm. So the year so I was born. Pet Cemetery. 
1990 is Flatliners. 1991 is Silence of the Lambs. Flatliners was just remade. I was just reading the little synopsis of it. I can't remember who played in it, but it was literally just recently remade. I think Flatliners had Robin Williams and Robert De Niro in it, the original. I don't know. I mean, it looks like, um, what's his name? What is his name, Sarah? I don't know. Hollow Man. Hollow Man. Nick Cage? Uh, no, not Nick Cage. Uh, Kevin Bacon. Mm. I think it has Kevin Bacon in it, or it looks like Kevin Bacon. I could be wrong. I mean, there's a way I could look it up, but we have so many more movies to go through. Mm-hmm. Uh, 1992 is Bram Stoker's, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Good movie. Such a fun movie. Gorgeously shot 1993 jason goes to hell the final friday which was in fact not the final movie (laughs) 1994 another great movie interview with a vampire which they just recently remade into a television series 1995 is species 1996 one of my favorite horror movies of all times i don't i don't i have no idea and it coined the term what's your favorite scary movie oh is it scary movie no scream yes Scream. God, was it scary movie? Um, 19, so 1996 was Scream. 1997, Scream 2. 1998, Halloween Age 2 <laughs> 1999, The Blair Witch Project. Have you ever watched The Blair Witch Project? Yes, I did, did not like it. Okay, I didn't like it the first time I watched it. I'm still not a huge fan of it, but I have a better appreciation of it watching it the second time as an adult. I just, uh, I don't like found footage as much understandable i don't really it's not a genre that i would seek out often but i enjoy it sometimes yeah i like, like the found footage like paranormal activity i really enjoyed i was gonna say close encounter not close encounters grave encounters and grave encounters too if you haven't watched it you should watch those they're good uh 2000 is what lies beneath i love that movie such a good movie you ever watched it Mm-mm. it's got michelle pfeiffer and harrison ford in it mm. I've, I think I've seen a few clips here and there, but I've never seen the full thing. It's a good movie. I enjoyed it. Uh, 2001, The Others with Nicole Kidman. Okay. Yeah, I've, that one I've seen. It's just been years and years. Yeah. 2002, Signs. <laughs> Which I've seen. Ryan hates that movie. 2003, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Which I think that has Jessica Biel in it. And it's one of the good remake from what everybody says i think i've seen it too uh 2004 was the introduction of saw and the insane Uh franchise yes i remember watching saw 3 with you in theaters there's a theme everybody i drag her to watch scary movies with me um 2005 is saw 2 2006 is saw 3 yeah which is when we went and saw it 2007 saw 4 no i am legend ah i I read the book i've never seen the movie it's not bad i liked it hated the book 2008 was the strangers which is the movie that i didn't get to watch because your stupid friends were being annoying yes i remember 2009 is when we were introduced to paranormal activity and then 2010 paranormal activity 2 2011 paranormal activity 3 2012 paranormal activity 4 and then 2013 was World War Z, which I didn't hate that movie, but it's kind of it's kind of was part of the like huge zombie phrase. Mm, yeah. 2014 was Annabelle, which I'm surprised because I think it was the biggest movie, the most the most this is most popular. I don't think it was the most popular. I think it was, I think it was probably animated. the most it it made the most money. Mm-hmm. Or the most anticipated, yeah, like you said. Uh, 2015 was Insidious Chapter 3. 2016 was The Conjuring 2, which I really enjoyed The Conjuring 2. Same. 2017 was It Chapter 1. Yep. 2018 was The Nun, which I didn't hate. I didn't hate it, but it wasn't as good as I wanted it to be. No, it could have been so much better. Yeah. 2019 was Midsommar. Which was good. I liked Midsommar. It's not my kind of movie. I I won't watch it. And then 2020 was The Invisible Man, which Brian and I really enjoyed that movie. Have you seen it? I haven't seen it. It's good. I liked it. You should watch it. And that's the biggest or the most popular 70 movies the year you were born. Between 50 and 2020. Nice. Fun times. Now we're going to do some trivia. I was going to say, you want to jump into some trivia now? Which you'll know the answer to the first one 
because we just talked about it. What eerie film is credited with coining the notorious phrase, do you like horror movies? That's not the phrase. <laughs> Scream. What's your favorite scary movie? You stupid junkie. You junkie whore. Scream 1996, yeah. Um, and then the synopsis below most accurately represents what horror film. A research team in Antarctica is haunted by a shape-shifting alien that assumes the appearance of its victims. Well, I know the the supernatural creature it's supposed to be about, but like, I don't know the movie. It's the shape-shifting alien portion that really, and the fact that it's in Antarctica. I don't think you've ever seen this film. It's The Thing. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Um, and then in which horror film does the phrase the power of Christ compels you up here. <laughs> Does it, Jay? Does it? Is it that compelling? <laughs> um, the the Exorcist. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, what was the 1953 horror film remade in 2005 with Paris Hilton in the lead role? House of Wax. <laughs> in which horror film stars... Wait, which classic horror film stars a serial killer dressed as William Shatner? Halloween. I didn't know that that was, I didn't know that until a few years ago. I didn't either. Which horror film used the following tag nine? Oh my gosh. Which horror film used the following tagline? In space, no one can hear you scream. Jason X. Nope. I don't know. Alien. It's part of like the... Uh, it w was part of the like trailer mm. and then what is the highest grossing Stephen King film adaptation to date was it it the new one yeah the 2017 remake of it uh, what horror film of George Miles commonly regarded as the world's first horror film the... I, it's in French Nosferatu no it's Le Manor du Diable. I don't know. It, and it doesn't say what it means. Uh, what television series is based on a concept of for an unproduced episode of The X-Files? Hmm. I don't know. What, what television series? This isn't a television series. What film series? It's Final Destination. Oh. Um, in Carrie 1976. Uh, sorry. When Carrie takes the stage after... Her election as prom queen bullies doubt doused her with what animal's blood? Pig's blood. Pig's blood, yeah. Oh, I didn't know this. What film was A Quiet Place initially intended to be a sequel to? I don't know that you've ever seen this movie. I don't know. Cloverfield? Oh, no, I haven't seen Cloverfield. It's another one of those that it's kind of a found footage film. Mm. Uh, what is the actual name of Pinhead, Pinhead in Clive Barker's original novel, The Hell Bound Heart? I don't know. I've never seen Pinhead movies. Do you, do you even know what the Pinhead movies are called? Hellraiser? Yeah, um, and Pinhead is actually the Hell Priest. Mm. We just watched the new Pinhead movie. It was okay. Um, in the original A Nightmare on Elm Street, what is Nancy's address? Oh, I don't know. I've seen the original, but I don't I don't remember the name of uh, her street address. She's actually seen the original people. <laughs> 1428 Elm Street, hence the name Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, whenever I think of Elm Street, I just always think of my car accident. So, oh. I was coming off of Elm Street. So, another Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which horror movie tag film's tagline is We Dare You to Say His Name Five Times? Candyman? Have you seen that movie? Uh, I, yes, I saw the original with you and Ryan, and I saw the remake recently. Did you like the remake? It was okay. It wasn't as good as I wanted it to be, but it was okay. I didn't realize that's how they were going to do it, but I enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. In which film did Annabelle, Annabelle the doll make her debut? The Conjuring. Yeah. Uh, and then what is the name of the camp where Jason Voorhees drowns in the film Friday the 13th? Oh, I know this. I can't think of it, but I do know it. Then you don't know it. Rude. It's Camp Crystal Lake. <laughs> uh, what was the 20th century's first American horror film? Mm, I don't know. Frankenstein. Mm. What is the actual name of Chucky in Child's Play, which was the most popular movie? The, the year I was born. Yes. Um, it's like, it's... Ray something. Ray is the last name. Yeah. And Chucky is usually a name for Charles. And there's a general, a car named General. Charles Lee Ray. Yeah. At least I remembered the last name. You're like. welcome. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> 
Uh, what was Jason's original name in Friday the 13th? Oh, I don't know. Josh. I didn't know that. Hmm. Uh, which horror film franchise is the longest running? Um, Halloween? I think now it should be, yeah. Because it was before Friday the 13th, but this is Friday the 13th. I think maybe it means how many has the most adaptation, or the most in the series. Mm. Uh, what was Steven Spielberg's inspiration for the name of the artificial shark in Jaws? Who was its modeled after? And who was it modeled after? I have no idea. The name of the shark is Bruce, and it was modeled after a lawyer. <laughs> On the first Friday the 13th film, how many people does Jason murder? Four? In the first film. I don't know. At the end of the movie, we find out Jason wasn't murdering anyone. It was his mother. That's that's right. That's right. <laughs> that's why Casey Becker's boyfriend dies in Scream. Uh, what was the exorcist demon's name? I've not seen the exorcist. Oh, yeah, that's right. Pazuzu. In Brad Pitt's seven film, who is assassinated for the deadly sin of pride? You won't know this. Have you seen seven? I've seen seven. What's in the box? Yeah, it's uh, his wife, isn't it? Or... No, Pride is a model. Oh, that's right. That's right. Envy is his wife. That's right. Uh, who published An American Werewolf in London in 1981? I don't know. I didn't realize it was a book. Didn't either. Uh, John Landis. Uh, what arms does Leatherface prefer? Weird way to say what weapon does he prefer? Leatherface, isn't he from Chainsaw Massacre, Texas Chainsaw yeah. Massacre? So isn't it a chainsaw? Uh, what is the name of the clown in The Devil's Reject? I've never seen The Devil's Reject. No, uh, it's Captain Spaulding, mm. which is a reference to Clary Spaulding. Ah. Uh. I don't think it is. It's just, I thought it was funny. Uh, which real life serial murderer is indirectly based on Psycho. I think they mean which Psycho movie is indirectly based on. But yeah, Ed Gein. Um, and then what heinous beast was the subject of 2007's Rogue? I have no idea. Never I've seen it. I've never heard of this film. Uh, a crocodile. Last one is what iconic horror film was dubbed the babysitter murders at one point? Think I don't know. It. The babysitting, the babysitter murders. What film were is a lot of, are a lot of babysitters murdered? Was it in Halloween? Yes, Halloween. Yep, yep, yep. Anything else you want to talk about, Miss Sarah? Um, my finger hurts. Why does your finger hurt? because I went and got tested today for like STDs and whatnot. And they did a finger poke. Do you have the clap? And it 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 hit hard, man. That was worse than the blood draw. Like the blood draw was a cakewalk. Do you have the clap? No. You'll be having to know though, my HIV status is negative. It's good. Good for you. Congratulations. Thanks. My finger hurts though, because that hurt like a son of a bitch. So what is your favorite scary movie? My favorite scary movie is um, Juwan. Oh, yeah. The Japanese version of The Grudge. Well, the original version of The Grudge. The, the original version. Oh, there's three? Yeah. The Grudge movies? Yeah, there's there's three Juwans as well, I think. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, well, my favorite, thanks for asking, Sarah, <laughs> <laughs> is... Uh, Scream, which I just talked about. And the reason it is my favorite is because it is the, not the first, but one of the first movies I've seen in theaters. Mm. And I actually watched it at the drive-in in Indiana. Wow. So the very first, the first movie I can remember ever seeing in theaters was Titanic. Mm. That is a long ass movie to watch in theaters. Yes, it is. The first movie I remember seeing in theaters that like strongly remember seeing in theaters was The Prince of Egypt back in 1999. We went to the premiere. Mm -hmm. Hmm. I am um, going back to the Titanic. I made my dad take me to that movie um, like I think four times. Nice. We went and saw it on the 100 year anniversary. We did. And we were watching the Titanic sink at the same time that the real Titanic had been sinking. That was fun. That was fun. I still somewhere somewhere I still have like the little passport and everything that they gave us. I don't. Shocking I know. Did you know that on a Mac 
if you can't find your cursor and you move it around really fast, it gets really big so you can see it. Nice. I wish mine did that. There's a way that you can set up a PC where if you hit control, it'll do like a beacon around it. Um, um, do you have anything fun planned for the weekend since it's Saturday or Friday? Um, yeah, Nick and I are going to a poetry reading tomorrow. We're going to meet up with one of my school friends. Um, I like you're giving me this look. <laughs> <laughs> You're so unimpressed. Um, I was listening. I think we're also going to karaoke, but I don't remember if that's still the plan or not. I mean, what about you? That sounds fun-ish. I don't have anything planned. Um, I'm going to go. Uh, I have school stuff that I need to do. And then I'm going to go to one of the wineries that we went to last weekend and buy some wine for our uh, graduation celebration that we're having at work next week. Nice. Um, and then aside from that, Ryan works tonight or tomorrow. So I will probably just work on my school stuff and get it done. And then um, Sunday, I don't think we have anything planned yet. But we will see. Yeah, I have some school stuff I got to get finished tonight. I got to turn in my Korean homework. Did you ever find out what your grade was for your test? Yeah, I got a C plus. Failure. I know. Ow. What if Homer just bit me? <laughs> Why did Homer bite you? <laughs> I think he needs to go out. Um, um, so that'll do it for this week. Uh, if you're listening, thanks for listening. Um, I hope you have a great week. Um, Sarah, enjoy your weekend. If you would like to, please leave a comment, like, subscribe, and share the podcast so that other people can listen to it. I told Sarah this, but I'll share it with everybody listening. I was excited when I looked and I saw that 800 people had downloaded our 17th episode. And next week, Sarah, on Friday, we will be recording our 20th episode. I know. I got to think about what I'm wanting to do. We've done 20 episodes, and every freaking episode I have picked the topic that is not true <laughs> and produced the topic <laughs> you produced it but i've picked the topic a couple of times oh, they're left she said i gotta go um anyways i don't know what happened there but um thanks for listening if you're listening and um we will see you next weekend or next week for another episode our 20th episode um we hope you like the podcast so far again if you would please like comment subscribe uh, if you like the, the podcast, please leave a rating. If you didn't like the podcast, piss off. Um, other than that, if you have a topic that you would like us to cover for the podcast, you can send it to our email address, which is nowaboutthatpod at gmail.com. If you would like to join us over on social media, we are on social media at nowaboutthatpod at, as well. Um, it looks like she just messaged me. Her computer died. <laughs> So that's why she dropped off. Um, again, thanks for listening. And I hope you all have a great week if you're listening to this on a Monday. Otherwise, have a great whatever rest of your week is left. Um, and we will see you all in the next one. Bye, everybody. Oh, I was just saying bye. She's back. She's back, people. <laughs> My computer just decided that it was done for the evening. <laughs> it just died. That's okay. I was just saying bye and hitting end. <laughs> Okay. All I right. went through the I went through the whole spiel and she's back. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. All right. Well enjoy your weekend, everybody. Yes. Have a good weekend. Bye. Bye.